This is Sam Caligioni, founder and CEO of Dogfish Head Brewery, and you are listening to At The Bar Podcast. Cheers. Welcome to another episode of At The Bar Podcast. I am one half of your usual suspects. Obviously, if you've listened to the show, I am Mike, joined by the other half of the show, Jeff. That's me, here, present. Whoa. <laughs> uh, we just got done watching the uh, Giants get the L from Dallas, uh, week two of the NFL, so we are ready to get some content out for yes. you. This is it. I started drinking because I was depressed about the Giants, but now I'm going to continue because we're doing the podcast, so... no 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 this is like the that's how you come out of that when you go down it's you know uh it's the bell curve type thing it's like a roller coaster you go down and then you come back up this is the come back up so now we're because when you're down you got to come back up so a man once said uh you started from the bottom and now you're here i started from the bottom now i'm here yeah, and you're on your way up. You're climbing. That's so, that must have been Shakespeare. That is just a hell of a line. Like it sounds like uh, some Thomas Edison. <laughs> <laughs> Smart man, uh, uh, Elon Musk, uh, while he was smoking pot. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait to see. I mean, not that I could, unless there's time travel. But like, Elon Musk is going to be talked about the same way we talk about like like uh, Albert Einstein, except like two thousand years from now, they're going to be like Elon Musk created time travel. anyway so the original idea for this episode and we'll we'll probably do it in the future a near future episode i want to talk about trends because we haven't really covered a lot of trends lately i feel like now's a good time with you know it's kind of summer ending and falls approaching um but there's been some things this week that have really i gotta be honest really have pissed me off and i decided to do this topic instead and something that we can talk about because we haven't really shitted on a lot of breweries, a lot of a lot of businesses. Yeah, we ain't and been doing no shitting. No, no shitting. So we're gonna throw some shade, constructively throw some shade. What has happened? You know, our thoughts about it, improvements, stuff like that. Because we've covered it on the show before, which we say this every episode. But yeah, we covered it on another episode. But we covered the fact that you know some brewery owners may not be the best at business you know opening a brewery is pretty easy all you need to do is find the capital and you can just make mediocre beer and be a profitable profitable business so this is kind of highlights that point of maybe a reference or something that you know we have a lot of people a lot of our listeners or business owners specifically within florida breweries so this might be a good episode for them to kind of you know help them improve an idea or or, or get better moving forward so i, I kind of want to start off here with something a little bit light, a little bit light before I get to the, the big home run point I wanted to make. So there's this, we're not going to name specifics, but it's, you'll get it if you know Florida. It's a meadery in Tampa. Um, we, uh, Jeff recently had some of their product last Love time. Love stuff. Love it. When we uh, are a goodies episode, um, uh-huh. they'll be renamed, they'll be unnamed, but it's not hard to find them. They one, this one episode ago, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> one numbered episode ago. There you go. <laughs> um, so this week they posted on Instagram uh, that they were hiring, 
And the description was, oh, you know, now hiring. We've, you know, look for someone who's experienced, who, who's willing. The typical, the typical stuff, like look for experience, someone who's passionate and motivated to learn, this and that. And uh, one of the sentences was, you know, we just upgraded our employee lounge to, to you know, make the the day go go by better and this and that. Well, the picture that they posted is a very famous black leather couch on a kind of weird angle that's very synonymous with a, with a, a very popular pornography uh, channel, I guess, channel, company. Uh, so this was posted on a public on, forum? On a public forum on Instagram. And it was up there for at least four hours. I saw it when it hit the hour mark. It was up there for a, a quite a while, quite a while, not overnight, but more than four hours. Did they get um, any backlash from this? Yes, they did. They got a, they got comment wise. It was it was pretty. It was very fifty fifty. A lot of people thought it was funny. Uh, the pornography. It, it's backroom cast couch. You know, I did a little bit of prep. backroom cast couch. Pretty much the premise is they they bring girls in and and, and audition them to uh, for porn. And fake, they, fake, porn, fake yeah. porn. It's for it's a fake audition. This and that. So and they use that. It's a very famous couch. If you're into that thing, um, and so a lot of people thought, oh, funny, you know, this and that. A lot of people were pretty upset. Some people, me personally, I wasn't offended. Uh, it takes a lot for me to be offended, but I do feel like the comment, the post, is a very poor taste. Um, uh, so they eventually had to take it down, and and they. Posted a more official, more professional. We're hiring posts with a very lengthy apology, a couple paragraphs apologizing for what they did. So before Jeff, before I, I hand I hand it over to you, um, mm-hmm. I feel obviously I'd say it's a very poor taste. Um, I don't understand why companies feel like making porn references on an extor- on a public external forum is always a great. Uh, is always a good idea. Um, no one does this because it doesn't make any sense. It, it's not funny. It's not worth the risk that you take. Uh, it's pretty, it's very business one-on-one and marketing one-on-one is to not post controversial things that you might get a rise out of a large demographic, especially if you're looking to hire women saying you have a comfortable employee lounge and post a picture of a, of a, of a pornography site. Yeah. Um, it's I don't blows my mind that it happened there. Blows my mind that other businesses do it and think it's funny. It's not funny. It's gonna upset a lot of people. And and we've talked about it before. Uh, there's you have too much competitors. There's a lot of people out there to where you you make one mistake, one misogynistic comment like that, you're gonna lose a lot of people, or you get, it's gonna take a long time for them to come back to your place of business. So that's uh, where I stand. Jeff, go ahead. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I'm right in line with you on that. I mean, to me, purely out of a business standpoint, and I'll and I'll withhold any kind of emotional, because uh, because like you, it is extremely hard to offend me. That that doesn't offend me in a way. However, it does offend me in the way that I don't believe that that was a a, a good comment to put out there, and I feel. Not personally offended, but I feel like the people, the women that I know that would be offended are justified in that. And so because of that, 
I do feel a little offended. You know what I mean? Because it's like it's like if people I love and care about are justifiably offended by something you post, it doesn't have to necessarily offend me for me to feel the same thing they feel, which is like, what the fuck idea was that to put that up? That's so like it's such a stupid idea. It doesn't make any sense. You're you're basically risking a laugh that might bring in a very small and very uh, opinionated, polarized group of male customers over the entire rest of the internet, whoever else might see that. And uh, it just, I don't know. To me, that when you were telling that, when you were saying that, and, and granted, I should have probably already researched the story, but I didn't. But <laughs> why well, tell you till <laughs> right before I start talking about it? <laughs> when you, but when you were explaining to me, I was just dumbfounded that anybody would think that's appropriate, especially on a your on a I, we're hiring post. Like, yeah, dude, we're hiring. Because here's the thing: it almost sounds once you include that, it almost sounds like you're basically openly and publicly propositioning any woman for sex who comes to apply for the job. Obviously, that's not what they're doing. However, it sounds like it. You know what I mean? You're basically saying, come audition for this job that we're posting in our new employee lounge, which happens to be the casting couch where people have sex on a porn site. It's, it's, it is so terribly thought out of a joke, and it really, really looks bad, like really bad for them to put that out. I can't believe – to be honest with you, I can't believe that they didn't get more backlash and that that wasn't a story that I had heard organically. Like that, the fact that I'm hearing it from you surprises me because I thought like something that – like that should have been a bigger story that I would have heard organically. Yeah. Um, I'm on the, uh, I went while you were talking, I hopped on Instagram just to kind of look at the post. Um, the, they didn't, they took the original post down, which obviously that's smart, no smart. Hopefully they um, fired, fired the person responsible for putting that post. There, up. I mean, I don't think they have a marketing department. They're too small. So it must be either the head brewer or an owner. Um, their apology is kind of bullshit. I'm going to throw that out there on them. It is uh, one, two, three and a half, four. They don't apologize till the fifth paragraph. And there's seven. Technically wow. seven. Wow. Um, so I'm, I'm just going to... The, the, I mean, the paragraph where they apologize says, quote, uh, so we let some people down today. If you are offended, we offer you our apologies, end quote. That's, that's not even that's not even we're sorry. That's not even I'm sorry. That's the apology. That's not that's we offer you our apologies if you're offended. That's not even we realize we did something wrong and we're sorry for it. That's if we offended you, then we then we apologize to you. That's a totally <laughs> bullshit fucking thing. I'm going to read the post. Ooh, uh, you're I'm getting quoting, me fired up. I'm quoting the Instagram, uh, the actual posting uh, quote. An official statement coming. So today we made a social media post, and as you may have heard, it got some attention. Was it in poor taste, lowbrow, and adolescent? Uh, I can't. Even, I don't even know what that word. Ad- adolescent. Adolescent. Yeah, adolescent. Thank you, Jeff. Uh, question mark. Uh, yep, that's probably a fair assessment. Could it be misconstrued? Sure, that's pretty. Ed- ed- oh my god, pretty evident. 
evident at this point. We let ourselves open to that and we will own it. In the hours that have followed, we have had several replies and a few of you, both male and female alike, took the time to reach out personally. We thank you for that. Our thinking was initially to leave the post up. You know, <laughs> I'm sorry. Our thinking was initially to leave the post up. We apparently earned a few lumps and believed we should give a forum for some to do that. We saw some pretty salient po points from both sides. Some finding the humor quite harmless and others who found themselves offended or put off by the content, which is me. <clears throat> At some point, the exchanges morphed from our from our being assholes into users attacking one another. At that point, it felt like we should pump the brakes. So here we are. Very Hold on, Jeff. There's more. Oh, wow. Okay. Hold on. Uh, at some point, the exchanges morphed from our being assholes into users attacking other, one another. At that point, it felt like we should pump the brakes. So here we are. We live in a heated time where things are analyzed, overanalyzed, and since oh my god, sensationalized. It's late, guys. It's like midnight. Uh, some would say to write this episode off as just that. At the at some at the same time, it's also not right to reduce people's feelings if sincere as being a quote snowflake end quote or otherwise so we let some people down today if you're if you're offended we offer you our apologies anyone who's been in our business or dealt with us knows we value our patrons and staff we're quite we're quite proud of our little meadery in tampa serves roughly as many men as women on a daily basis the idea that the idea that somehow we're somehow sexist misogynist or otherwise simply is not based in reality not now and never has been. Thanks for the replies to those who applied and we hope to start reaching out next week, end quote. So outside me fucking up words, that's their uh, official statement. Um, you know what? Mind-blowing. It's actually worse than just offering their apologies. I think it's worse. <laughs> I, I listening yeah. to that, it, I, the, all they did was, one – bullshit like bullshit uh writing it's meant to sound uh, better than it is and then they completely change style halfway through and start dropping assholes and pump the brakes and idioms and all kinds of bullshit in there that just makes you like oh now okay now we're talking about the real situation before you were just saying all the taglines that everybody else who's ever fucked up has taught you you have to say and then the fucking the end we're not the 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 line that got me, if you think we're misogynistic, it's just not based in reality. No, bullshit. Right. I know. Bullshit. I'm, I'm with you. Guess what? If I walked into public and I just fucking slapped a woman in the face, people would be like, hey, that guy, misogynistic, probably doesn't like women. And I'd be like, no, no, no. I love women. Nope. You just slapped a woman in the face. You don't. I'm sorry. You forfeited the right for you to have an opinion on whether you're misogynistic or not when you did something fucking dumb. This pe these people own that shit. That's who you are. I'm sorry. Apologize for it. Be a better person in the future. Don't make that mistake again. Realize that you actually are misogynistic and you should have never thought that the post was funny in the first place. And then move on. But don't fucking say that we're not misogynistic and that that's not based in reality. You made the post. You made the post. You actually, in your brain, thought the post was funny enough to make it. And not only that, your business, you represented your business with it. You attached your brand to it. You thought it was that fucking funny. So yeah. don't say you're not misogynistic.
because you thought that was funny to the point that you attached your brand to it and it was misogynistic. Yeah. You went online, you grabbed a photo, you wrote that entire not hiring post and you're, you're claiming that you're not misogynistic. That is counterintuitive. That's having the idea makes you misogynistic. Right. (laughs) I mean, the first paragraph is all right. I don't have a problem with it from a business standpoint. It's like, you know, officially it wasn't poor taste. Yep. It's a fair assessment. Could it be misconstrued that what ticked me off was he goes, could it be misconstrued? Question mark. Sure. That's pretty evident at this point. No shit. No shit. They don't admit mistake. They don't really offer an apology for the, if you're offended, we apologize. Yep. And then they go on to say that they're not what they just posted. They were, and it, they're, we're not sexist. We're not misogynist. We just had to delete a misogynist sexist post, but we're not that, but we just posted it's, about it. It's like, it's, it's weird because it's one of those non black and white social issues where like misogynist is like, because there's, because there are people that get offended by things that are not meant to offend people, and, and that's not to mean that there's too many social media warriors or anything like that. Everybody's entitled to their own opinions, but it is a hot time for people to be offended by things that no offense is meant. How, so, so you know, there is that opportunity for people to be offended by things that aren't meant to be offensive. So I get that part of it. However. If that was if you reverse that, if there was some kind of a a, a racial connotation to it, yeah, flip if it, there, yeah. it, so it, let's let's say instead that they made some kind of joke about slavery and how we work our we work our employees so much that they're like slaves, and then they posted some kind of slave picture from back in the day when there were slaves, or from a movie. Or from yes, so yeah. now so change the circumstances, the exact same circumstances, but just change the content. All of a sudden, are they going to go out and say we're not racist? No, right. no, you right. are, you are. Yeah. That, but I'm not saying that. Obviously, I'm saying this was a the hypothetical. That, right, but, it's a hypothetical post a hypothetical. that would come across. I'm not racist. saying I'm not saying they're racist. But what I am saying is, you can't make a misogynistic post, and just because it's not as clear cut as racism or not as clear cut as other social issues, because misogyny is a little bit of a gray area because of the way that it's developed. Sure, but, it's interpreted right. But just because of that, you cannot make a clearly misogynistic post and then say we're not misogynists. Right. And what what really gets me is the point in the sentence where they go, uh, quote, we quite we're quite quite proud. Oh, God, I can't talk. It's we're, late, we're, man. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're proud of our love meter in Tampa. And here's a kicker serves roughly as many men as women on a daily basis. Here we are talking about a post they made with a pornography picture. And they say, oh, we get just as much men as women. But here's a, a picture from a pornography that puts women in shitty circumstances. However, that that channel is run, still in poor taste. Going back to your example. Not only not only that, but like not that this is like, you know, because we've talked about how there's very many women in, in craft beer that drink, you know, double IPAs and all that. But like a meter a metery does target women and men equally. Whereas like like a brewery that's making big ass, like crazy, you know, high end beers, they, they probably have a larger percentage of men than women drinkers. 
I mean, I mean just, that's I mean that's just the science, right? The natch the the national <laughs> average of beer drinkers right. is mostly men. So if you're a brewery mostly that's men. doing right. that's doing um you know big IPAs and big stouts, like you you probably have more men than women drinking. A metery probably is fifty fifty. So like I would say so, yeah. Especially for a metery or a, a place that does ciders and things like that. Especially for them, you would think that they would be in touch with the fact that women drink their product. So. Yep. It's even more astounding that they thought that was an okay post. Yeah, yeah, I do. I don't. So a solution. Let's let's let's. We we covered it. <clears throat> we gave our thoughts. So a solution. Be be. Uh, uh, this is a two parter for me. Uh, a solution would be, dude, keep your 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 apology simple and sweet, man. We don't need a seven paragraph novel. Just say, hey guys, we did this. We made a big mistake. We are sorry, and in the future. We promise not to not to do it again. Boom! Like five sentences. That's it. I don't need a, a novel about you know admitting that you made a mistake, but not blaming yourself, but kind of blaming yourself to saying, "But we're not that." Just say, "Hey guys, we made a big mistake. Please, you know, let us, you know, make it up to you. Run a special. Have a, you know, this weekend, you know, as an apology, what we're doing twenty percent off pours, something like that to to you know." push on you know not as a push on but move forward we don't need a fucking novel man right without sounding but you don't want to just brush it off with a fake apology so it right. has to be a genuine short apology but but the fact the fact that it's so long you actually kind of touched on it the fact that it's so long proves that they don't actually they're not apologizing because if they were actually apologizing it would be short and sweet we fucked up we made the wrong decision we don't agree with what we said and we're very sorry for it yeah. Instead, they spent five paragraphs explaining how they basically did not mess up. You just misinterpreted what they were trying to do. Right. And if you were offended, then I guess we're sorry. Yeah. And we're not those people. <laughs> Let's not forget that. One. Oh, oh and misogynist. by the way, oh, and by <laughs> the way, if you were offended and we are sorry, but we're not sorry for what we actually posted because we're not actually misogynistic. We're just sorry that we accidentally hurt your feelings. Yeah. Or you didn't get our joke. Ha 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 ha. You know what? I you know, I like their product too, but I'm uh, that's it for me with them. I'm done with them. Yep. And that's that's what these people don't realize. Craft beer is still growing in terms of breweries of businesses opening. So you make one genuine fuck up, you're you're gonna you're gonna feel it. Because there's, there's another brewery the next exit down. Especially I mean, Go especially the, the especially what they're charging for their stuff. Yeah, you have to you have to sense. you have to genuinely like love a brand, support a brand, like l to support a brand that's charging you that much for their juice. You have to love them, like not just what they're putting out, but you have to love that brand. Like you have to be wanting to support that company. And like to me, their juice was maybe worth it, but the fact they're a small local meadery trying to make it and stuff that makes it you know support local, support the local businessman. That puts it, but now it's like, now if I even had the slightest reservations about spending that much on their product, I now don't want to support them. Yeah. Cause you're I, not I, don't, <laughs> I, I, I don't support what they stand for. Yeah. So to me, sorry, I'm not buying your stuff and you can make that shit cheap as hell. Now I'm still probably not buying it. Yep. Yep. So moving on to, to one of the, the more recent one that really upset me. This one happened Friday, two days ago. So 
I'm gonna try and, and and get the story summed up fast. So, Hidden, I'm throwing this brewery out there because it's bullshit. I want everyone to know what the fuck is, is going on. <laughs> Hidden Springs is fucking. Tampa. I saw your post. I saw your post. I love it. So, Jets know where I'm going with this, and I've been fucking heated. I'm about to get on a fucking this is, box. This has and, happened, and it's it's bad. And lay into some fucking unjust horseshit. Okay, here we go. I'm in Tampa two weeks ago for a their black maple black Aggie release, and they're doing it's uh, the maple black Aggie Aggie bottle and four other four packs, three Berliners and a sour IPA. So I leave Angry Chair in and out in Angry Chair in two minutes. Jeff, you had the beer I I, I end up getting at Great. Angry Chair. That great beer, amazing um, beer. Was in line. Got my bottle, relined, got a second bottle. It was at my car all within in about 35 minutes. Perfect. Head on down to uh, Hidden Springs, a couple miles down the road. Get in line about 10-10. They don't release the Black Aggie till 11. And if you're familiar with the area, there's no sun. There's no shade. It's just buildings. So I'm in line in the sun from 10-10 till 15 after 12 is when mm. I finally get to the door. And while in line, one of the employees at Hidden Springs in Tampa goes behind me and does a, all right, it ends here. Any Everyone who's in front here is getting a bottle of the Maple Black Aggie. Everyone behind it, there is a chance, a good chance that you may not get it. I am 30 people ahead of, ahead of that mark. So that means I am First, the 31st to last person to get a one-per-person bottle of Black Aggie, Maple Black Aggie. Two hours later, I get to the door. I am seven people away when they say, hey, we're sold out of Black Aggie Maple, which means either 37 people cut in line or people reline with their buddies who are behind them and end up getting multiple bottles, which happened because I personally know someone who relined and got multiple bottles. That pissed me off. But since I'm like, oh, I'm here, let me get what I was planning on getting. So I got two four-packs of their Berliners. Their I Am the Walrus, which is the plum oak age Berliner, and their Tiki Apocalypse, which is fucking cucumber, whatever. I paid $18 a four-pack. $18 a four-pack at the brewery who makes it Hidden Springs in Tampa, right? Two weeks later, this uh, a buddy of mine comes into hey man did you hear total wine got the i am the walrus from that event two weeks prior i go oh no he shows me a picture and they're selling the four pack for 11.99 or you could get a single beer for four bucks still cheaper than the fucking 18 dollars i spent at the brewery so so if you're lost or confused or why is mike so upset I spent eighteen dollars on a you four waited pack. two and a half hours in line to spend more money on a beer you could have gotten without leaving two your house. Later, down the street from my house for seven dollars cheaper. What the fudge? What the fuck? As Conor McGregor would say, "What the fuck?" I am still mad about it. I posted a rant on my personal Facebook about it. Probably going to email Hidden Springs about it. I'm still on the fence about it because I don't want to. Oh, email them. Anymore. Uh, no, email them the fuck up. But this needs to be put out there. We stand for we we stand for good breweries who do good things, and we've been extremely fortunate to meet people 
who who do really great things and and don't do this to people. And if their beers suck or blow up, explode in your underwear drawer in your room, you go down the Boca Raton and they replace it for you, no questions asked. Shout out to Barrel of Monks because you guys are awesome and we very love you awesome. Guys. And you know the people we align with. You know the people yeah. we've gone at this point between me and Mike, well over what sixty percent of of the ma- of the major breweries in the state the ones that you know the, that, correct the, the big ones right the, yeah i mean not like joe schmo's beer bar like we you know the ones that are in like tiny little towns but anyone that you've heard of in the state me and mike have probably been to it um and you know the few which is really i mean there's probably 15 20 that we've mentioned continuously on the show the ones we align with the ones that we really tell you do a great job that's because they do a fucking great job like we're not listen we don't make money off this show unless you guys buy a shirt so um so buy a shirt there's, there, ain't, there ain't there ain't nobody paying us for our support if we're mentioning them on the show it's because we genuinely support what they do and yeah. you know the ones that are doing a good job having said that we've been ben- big beneficiaries of meeting great people in this industry in the state but the people who are doing it wrong we've talked about it as long as a year and a half ago on the show that the beer industry is getting fucking snobby. It's getting wine snobby snobby. It's bad. It's starting to get there. And it's not the people that we've mentioned on the show that we align with that we like. It is the people who are putting out these $18 four-packs and taking advantage of craft beer drinkers who love good craft beer because they know if we just say it's really rare and really limited and super awesome they're going to wait in line for it. And the fact is that we do wait in line for it because we, this is a passion. This is a hobby. It's not just about beer. It's about a way of life. We love this, this lifestyle, this hobby that we have the same way that golfers love to golf. We like to find and hunt and get good beers. Yeah, beer so, so they take advantage of that and they know it. And the people who are shrewd businessmen who are wine, snobby, snobby type beer people are ruining the craft beer culture that we all fell in love with by do by doing exactly what they just did to you. Yep. They found two opportunities to make money. They said brewery only release, come sit in a two hour line. You're only going to get it here. Once it didn't sell out or once they made enough of it and they said, Oh, we have more. They just put it in distribution and said, Oh, another opportunity to make money. It's all they care about making money. It doesn't matter if they fucking piss. You know what a good brewery would have done? Good brewery would have said, we have this much. If we don't sell out of it, it's still only brewery release. You can only get it in our tap room until we sell out of it. And they would sell it at the same fair price that it was originally at. They would not put it in distro. They wouldn't allow Total Wine to sell it for $11 four packs. They would they they would keep it out of respect for the customers that waited in that two-hour line. They would not do that to you. But obviously somebody else had a better money-making plan in mind. So I just want to. You, you said brewery only. I just want to clarify. Uh, Hidden Springs never said it was brewery only for the cans. Okay. Well, then I, that's... I, just want, I just want people to not be like, oh. Obviously, the bottles brewery only because they only have so much, but they never officially declared the cans as brewery only. Okay. Um, so I was mistaken. I, 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 I thought it was a brewery. I thought it was a brewery release. No, I just want to make sure that we're covered. Um. So. People say, oh, well, you know, Hidden Springs is in contract with, 
you know, Total Wines with Aardvark, which is another a new uh, crap beer bottle shop here, Thirsty Till for whatever, to sell their beers at a certain uh, four-pack price. So what happens is they have these contracts. It can be a year, two year, three year. Now they they sell their cans to Thirsty Topher, whatever, all these breweries at a reduced price and to allow them to sell it, I guess, quote unquote, cheaper, right? Which makes sense. I get it. Like you're in a contract, you're selling your beer at a case discount to where, you know, Total Wine could get it for $11.99. Uh, Aardvark could get it for $13.99. So that's why all these places have the same fucking beer at various pricing and they're all still fucking cheaper than $18. So my argument would be, why not? Why make the four packs eighteen fucking dollars? Make them fifteen, to where you can see all your accounts that say, "All right, Total Wine sells them at twelve. These places sell them at thirteen. This place sells at fourteen. Let's sell them at fifteen, to where people can get dibs. It's no limit. Get as much as you want. Fifteen dollars for a four pack. First to get it before it hits distribution. Mm-hmm. That is a hell of a lot better." I would not mind paying an extra two or three dollars to get it then because I was already there than to be ripped off for seven dollars when the beer came out two weeks later for I, a le- for you know, does that make sense? No, actually. I mean, yes, <laughs> you're on the right. You're you're right. But but you're wrong in, to some degree. Let, let me explain. Um you're right that they should lower their price and that they should have never made the four pack $18. So you're absolutely right on that. However, I think you're wrong that anybody, I mean, not that anybody, some people would be fine with only paying the same price as ABC or total wine or aardvark or, but for me, they should price their four pack at whatever they're selling their four pack at to these other people. And the reason is that if they're selling it to them at that price, that means they're still profitable at that price. And they've made the agreement to say that this is the lowest price that we will discount our product to where we can still make money and get the product out in the market. So if you're going to sell it to Total Wine at $11.99 or whatever it is, then in your brewery, it should be $12. If you're going to sell it to Total Wine at $12, then it should be $12 at your brewery. You've already made that your bottom of what you can sell that product at and still make money at it. So you're cutting out the middleman. You're not giving it to somebody else to sell your product for you. So having said that, that is the cheapest possible way for you to sell your beer cost wise. Correct. So I agree with you. Yes. So if that is the cheapest possible way for you to sell your beer, then it should be the cheapest possible price that your beer would be listed at. So by selling it at the same price that you sell it to the distributors at, you guarantee that it is the cheapest that your beer will be sold for at your brewery, and it will still be the the lowest price that you've put it at where you know you're still profitable. That is – you basically should say, I am going – Total Wine contacts me if I'm a brewery. Hey, we want your beer. We want it under contract for what price would you do four packs at? Uh, I'll do four packs at $12 each. And sure, sure. and when they say, oh, we want it for 11, I'd say no, because I'm selling it at my brewery for $12 each and you're getting brewery pricing on my product. So I can't sell it for cheaper than I can't give it to you for cheaper because then I run the risk of you selling my beer cheaper than I sell my beer. Yes, that and I agree with you. And the brewery should always be, you know, we talk about the brewery should always be the cheapest place to get their beer. The point I was trying to make was 
I wouldn't mind paying a two or three dollars more because I'm already there for the event. Does that but make you, sense? But you waited two hours in line to pay more money for a beer you could get cheaper down the road? No. Because by put it this way, if you waited two hours in line and you got that beer for the exact same price that you then found it at down the road two weeks later, you'd still be pissed because you wasted two hours and you drove to Tampa. Yeah, yeah, you're probably right. I'd probably be pissed. I'd probably text you. <laughs> so, <Definitely> I, <laughs> so I mean, you'd be Fine, less pissed. Right. You'd be less pissed. But <laughs> they, it's a bad business plan. It's just bad. It's bad business. It's bad business. It's another opportunity for people to do the right thing where they're not going to piss off their customers, but instead they do the greedy thing and they do piss off their customers. Yeah. So that that covered that. So let's come up with a what what is this? You kind of already talked about a solution. Let's say they're locked into this contract, you know, what, I mean, I mean, I guess that's the only solution, right? Is, you know, you're locking in a deal to where you have to sell t- four packs for 12 bucks. looks like you're selling your t- four packs for 12 bucks. Cause I mean, that's the lowest point. That's your lowest retail mark. Right. I mean, you, figure out, you figure out what your beers cost at the most expensive. What's your most expensive beer? What can you afford to sell that you four know? pack at? Yeah. And, uh, and then you say, you know, my four pack bottle releases are this price and and, and there's no harm. I, I don't think there's any harm in saying like, if you have a beer that costs half as much to make as another beer, but it's just as cool and there might be just as much hype around it. Like, I look, I'm not going to judge your business. If you charge the same for the beer that costs half as much to make as you do for the beer that costs twice as much to make. Sure. As, if the style is cool and people are just as amped about it, right. but what I would do. The, the solution to me is if they're asking you, if, if you have these people that are saying, if you put us under a contract, guaranteed pricing on four packs, blah, blah, blah. I would say, okay, my most expensive beer, I can sell at $11 a four pack or $12 a four pack and make money on it. That means that I will tell them, I'll give you $12 four packs, any of my beers, no matter what for two years. And if you don't like it, then sorry, because that's brewery pricing, and that's what I'm selling my beers at at my own brewery, and I'm not going to allow them to be sold cheaper anywhere else. Yeah, and I, I, a big point to take away is, you know, I we just said the brewery should be the cheapest place to get their beer, and you know, it's they're greedy, they're being greedy, and that was a greedy move, and that's shitty on them for doing that. Um, and don't stand for it. Let's let's speak with our wallets. Let's be vocal about it and, and, and not just be like, oh, well, you know, I got ripped off because I saw people who got cases of beer. They got two two of each. So they got eight four packs, eight times seven. They they paid $56 extra. That's fucked up. That's fucked yeah. up. Yeah. And I mean, that's no, that's, that's a half a day's work for, you know, your average person working at, you know, I mean, that's, that's no fucking fake money. That's, that's $56, a lot of money. That's, yeah. that's just greed. And I don't like it. Yeah. So there's that next one. And the last uh, of my original ideas for this episode, uh, dear brewery owners, please stop. Uh, dear breweries, please, please stop making a single fucking style of beer. Can I just say that out loud anymore? Stop fucking making one style of beer. Place in Jupiter. Stop it. You're alienating mm. a bulk of your audience. Doesn't <laughs> make any sense. It goes against everything they teach you in business class, even on a high school level. You want to 
to capture as much of as your audience and demographic as possible. If a fucking New England IPA may be the, may be the trendiest beer, it may be flying through the shelf. That doesn't mean majority of the people are fucking drinking it. It just means the people drinking it are drinking a lot of it. Does that make sense? There's a there's a term for it. It's, I don't know if it's like blind blind sales or blind purchasing. It's you you the 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 definition is you think a product is selling but it's not selling to majority it's selling to a minority that are just fucking constantly buying it so you may think oh my barrel aged stout is flying through shelves when you have 200 people a day coming in your brewery but only 10 of those people are buying that beer does that mean that beer is successful well sales wise possibly but not according to your audience cuz 10% of your audience is buying it Right or you know, well, 5% of your audience is buying it. Well, let's let's say it this way: it, it, just simple mathematics. I think the highest I've ever seen the popularity of IPAs is about forty-five percent of the market, and it's not that anymore. It's not even that high anymore. It's um, still the highest. It's still the highest, but let's hypothetically say because the highest I've ever seen it is that the IPAs and by IPAs, I mean the greater IPA market of of uh, New England's and doubles and, and uh, sessions and West coast and East coast and all the juicy fucking dumb IPAs that everybody's all gaga over because they want their beers. that taste like a dirty hamper, all those beers. The highest I've ever seen that number is 45% of the market, which is an astronomical number for one style of beer. Because when you're talking about that conservatively, by most standards, there's about 60 or so styles, 65 styles of beer, one of them having almost half the market and leaving the remaining 59 or so styles for the other half is pretty insane. So I understand understand that in America, the IPA is king. It's going to sell better than anything else. So I get the whole idea of like, let's put a shitload of IPAs on. Here's my thing. Put as many fucking IPAs on as you want, but have some other styles represented because at its best, 45% of beer drinkers are going to love your IPAs. That means that 55% of beer drinkers hate what the fuck you're doing. Yeah. Even that 45 will purchase it. They may not like your beer. But they're going to purchase it at least once. You're you're basically you're saying the largest percentage of my audience is IPA drinkers, so I'm going to target them and I'm going to go after them. And I get it. I totally get that business approach. However, you've now alienated the majority of the market who does not necessarily like IPAs. And by the way, people who typically like Belgians really dislike IPAs. So. And people who really like malty beers typically also dislike IPAs. Now there are there's obviously many people who like every style of beer, just like us. Who yeah, I can yeah, drink yeah. IPAs, and I can drink Belgians, and I can drink stouts. Uh, I you know there there are very a, a good percentage of beer drinkers who drink sure, all sure. of it. Right. However, there are definitely a good percentage of Belgian drinkers who drink only Belgian styles, and there's a good percentage of malty beer drinkers who only drink malty styles. So if you're the brewery that thinks, oh, 45% of beer drinkers are IPA drinkers, I should just put 11 IPAs on, you've just alienated 55% of the audience. And now 55% of beer drinkers in America hate what you're doing, and they're probably not going to be your customer. 
and as an example, I live five minutes from a brewery that does all IPAs. I have lived here for two years. I don't even dislike IPAs, but I just don't really particularly love them. I've been to that brewery once, and the only reason I've been there is actually twice, and the only reason I've been there is because friends of mine from Orlando came down to go there, and I met them there. <laughs> yeah, it's true. So, so, and I, and, and, and if you guys don't think that I'm into craft beer, then you're listening to the wrong podcast. So, <laughs> so, no, so we may not be the best option for you. <laughs> five, five yeah. minutes, five minutes away. That's how far away I am from that place. And I have gone there twice and both times, uh, not out of obligation, but just because somebody else, it was somebody else's plans and I joined in. If they were not coming to town, I would have, I would have lived in this town for over two years and gone there zero times because I don't particularly care for what they're putting out. Now, both times I've been there, they have 12, I have 12 to 15 taps. I don't know. Both times I've been there, they have had less than three beers that were not of the IPA style. Yeah. There's only been one time they had a non, non New England style beer and it was a fucking brown ale. It wasn't and, even good. And it wasn't good. Yeah. yeah. It was a brown ale. It wasn't even good. I mean, that's, <laughs> you know, that's here. Here's a, a point I want to make. Barrel Monks is a Belgian brewery, a, a Belgian-inspired American brewery. So they do all Belgians, right? Well, they don't do the traditional Belgians. They use traditional methods, ingredients, and they put their own twist on it, which is why I love it, right? So they they just released Bombers. I don't know if you saw, Jeff. Uh, they're Double with coffee added. With That's Warren cool. Sapp. With Warren Yeah, they team up with Warren Sapp to, to do <laughs> a Belgian-style beer, but it's not just a typical Belgian saison. Not Double. Right. It's Something with a twist or, you know, Witty and Pink, which is their, the Wizard Wit with raspberries. Or when we were there last time, they did a raspberry lemonade or they did a, a hazelnut double. Like, they change it up. Very cool. They're, they're very cool, Brie. Yeah, everything they do is super cool. And they're not going to have, you know, 10 taps. Three of them be the same wit. The other three be a double, a triple, and a quad. They'd go out of business because no one wants that. People want variety. And you can have traditional stuff. You can have this is our house double. This is our house wit, wizard wit. This is just our base style. Have this. But here, have all the treatments. Have the raspberry lemonade. Have uh, the, the wizard wit in white wine barrels. Have it in. And that's where they they can do that. And that's where this brewer that we were talking about in Jupiter have an opportunity to stick within a same style range, but still offer variety. And they just don't do that. They just. Here, guys, it's the same shit. We just use different hops. Oh, great. Oh, it smells that, like sweaty baby diaper. Yeah. And it, Bring, tastes, it looks like a cigarette butt. Brings me to my gripe. My gripe, which is do not breweries stop this immediately. <laughs> it happens at every fucking brewery I go to now. Stop releasing basically the same beer under different names. <laughs> Yeah, like fuckers. just fucking stop man like i'm sorry like your pale ale ipa double ipa and new england ipa all look identical have basically the same abv and they all taste the same it's one fucking beer come on 
like, oh, well, no, they're different beers. We just happen to use the same malts, hops, and fucking everything. We just use different percentages of them. Yeah. Oh, and they all came out looking the exact same? Come on. Like, sorry, uh, Brewery and Jupiter. Are we naming names? Civil? Uh, yeah, Civil Society. Sorry, Civil. When I mentioned them before, you know why? You know why Civil doesn't do flights? You know why they don't do flights? Because they all look because the same. You don't know which beers are. Beers are the same fucking beer, <laughs> and they don't. And they don't want you to try them side by side yeah. because if they because they're smart about that, they actually know that they go fuck. If somebody tried all of my all of my beers side by side, they would think they're the same thing, except for the really top notch, really uh, wine snobby fucking hop dudes who are going to sit there and tell you that they can taste the difference between every single type of citra hop that comes out oh this one tastes like citrus but this one tastes like citrus and grapefruit you know what fuck you they taste the same they look the same <laughs> they're the same beer i'm sorry <laughs> like i it's just i i so sick of it i'm just and it's not just them and i've seen it at so many breweries there's a difference between having a base beer that you can build off of and having a base beer that you re-release with, with different hops. with different yeah like you can't tell me it's similarly you can't have a brown ale and then use like a slightly different malt and then re-release it and call it something else like you right. can't you know like in that in that respect nobody does it you know why because you would tell that they're like the same beer but for some reason with hops it's like, oh, well, this one's with Azaka hops, and this one over here is with Cascade hops, and this one's the same exact recipe, but instead of Cascade, we used fucking, who knows, you know, whatever. Mosaic, it. whoa! Mosaic, <laughs> yeah. We Oh, we just keep changing the hops, using the exact same recipe, and oh my god, wait, we can't do flights, they all look identical. Okay, so we'll just we'll just only do no flights, we'll just yeah, only no. do pours. Yeah. Um, and and I, I mean, I've sat at that bar both times I went and got in a flight because I just build my own flight. I get small yeah. pours and I just say, I want four small pours. Give me the four beers I want. And I, and I bring them over to the table and literally just look at them and like, I just ordered, I, I just ordered 20, beer. <laughs> I, just ordered, I ordered a 20 ounce beer. I paid more for it and I got it <laughs> to get it in four small glasses. That, that's it. And yeah. and your reason you know, by the way, when you know, look at their fucking menu. They're all the same ABV. That's how you know. Oh, interesting. Or the double IPA is lower in alcohol than the single IPA. Or the double IPA is the same exact color as a single IPA, which means they probably use the same amount of malt because to get higher ABV, you got to use more malt for the sugars to go to, to produce alcohol. So the more malt, the fucking. They don't care. They don't care. They don't care. It's all money. It's just fucking money. That's it. No, I'm tired of it. That's it. It's not the only brewery that does it. I've gone to a ton of breweries um, and that do it. I'm tired of it. Stop releasing the same beer under different names. Just stop it. So solution. Here's an easy solution. I want to have them on the show eventually. Hopefully, uh, ideally sooner rather than later. Angry Chair. We mentioned them earlier in this episode. Mentioned them a hundred times. Probably my favorite brewery in Tampa. Jeff recently had their unrepentant transgression. Um. So they they have a they're known for their sweet stouts, very sweet stouts. They're known for their big, dark motor oil, thick, crazy flavors, this and that. But when you go there, they have a variety. They just don't. They, oh, their they sours have, are fantastic. They have great sours. The IPAs may not be the best IPAs, but I enjoy them. Uh, sours they have 
treatments within this hours. They have Pilsers, they have a Porter, they have a, a Baltic Porter, they have all these different things. So they, if they have 16 taps, they don't have 12 sweet stouts. They have two or three sweet stouts, mm-hmm. and they have a bunch of everything else. That's how it's done properly. I would even say if you want to specialize in a style. That's fine. If, if, That's Civil, cool. if Civil split their taps and said 60% of them are going to be IPAs, and then we're going to make a just a pish, you know, pish posh of whatever we want to put on for the remaining 40%, I would be fine with that. Give the people who don't want IPAs something to drink. If you had one stout, one brown ale, one Belgian, you know, American Belgian style, one, uh, you know, high, whatever, Marley just wine. bar, yeah, put put some, put on whatever you want. But just if you had four to five taps of something that's not an IPA, and then you had seven or eight taps of something that is, good for you. Like I, I'm okay with the fact that you like your IPAs. In fact. A brewery that we that I haven't talked about yet, but I just went there this weekend, had a great time at was Ellipsis, does that exact thing. Yeah. They do. I mean, they, I, I thought so. I had a whole flight of, of you know, stout stuff that wasn't IPAs, and I also had a whole IPA flight, but it was mostly IPAs. Okay. They do mostly IPAs, but they had other stuff that was available that if you didn't drink IPAs, you can drink it. And I thought all their beers were really good, so I had a good time. Yeah. But Hell yeah, man. Civil needs to do that same thing. They need to take a page out of that book and say, you know, we've got 15 taps. Maybe we, why do you need, why do you need to have all 11 or 12 or 15 or whatever of your IPAs on at the same time? Take one of those beers and put it on next week. Yeah. And, and I just want to clarify, we're not picking specifically on civil. There's other breweries who, who do this. It's just civil is an, just an easy example. It's like a super easy both, example. We've both been there. You know, there's yeah. breweries that Jeff has been to that I haven't. There's breweries that I've been to that Jeff hasn't. But Civil is is a common t- denominator that we've both been to that has that problem. That's why we're using that as an example. Right, right. And they're not like so, the uh, Antichrist. They're not like the devil. Like, they just they – just, Hayes, they, boys, I keep your emails to yourself. I'll read them, but don't get, don't get too Or don't. Don't, whatever. I'll, I, I like them. I'll read them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll forward them to you. <laughs> Do you have another gripe or no? No, you you got another gripe? I have one more. Okay, lay it on me. One more. My body's ready. Uh, breweries, stop flavoring a style that you didn't hit to pretend that you hit it. <laughs> like what? <laughs> like every single fruit sour that out of a not top brewery like anytime you see a fruit sour a fruit berliner a fruit something i think that for some reason it's all fruit berliners i think for some reason people now think like a fruity berliner just means like some kind of soury funky beer with fruit in it like there's no there's no attempt to hit style anymore first and then add a flavor to it um and I like to hit, you know, me, I'm about hitting style. I, I would rather drink Raps Goza than any, you could flavor a Goza, a subpar Goza or any other Goza in the state. You could flavor it with whatever my favorite flavor would be. It doesn't matter. I would rather drink the one that hit the style perfectly. There's there's like no – with any flavored beer now, I feel like, but mostly I see it in the sours. But in these flavored beers, it's like they're sacrificing the base style to 
ultimately add the flavor in. Mm. So you're getting like a subpar IPA to get some lactose in it. Or, you know, like, like for instance, on my last trip up to Savannah, we had those milkshake IPAs. Yep. One of them was real good. The one that I growlered and brought back for you. We had two other ones. The lack, the, the milkshake IPAs up in Savannah are apparently a thing. So three breweries had them. Two of them were not very good. And the reason was they didn't use their IPA, their good IPA. They made an IPA specifically to add these flavors into that they thought would play the flavor better. And it didn't. And it didn't. But also that it's like, why are you doing that? Like you're so you'd rather brew a beer that's not hitting style because it might take the flavor a little better. If you're a good brewer, be true to your style and then pick flavors that accentuate the flavor of your beer. Right. And that and that goes towards having a good base. You got if you want your treatments to be good, you got to have a good base or a base that caters to what you plan on doing. Example, I the, the brewery I work at, I've been doing majority of the treatments recently. And I did one. Uh, I mean, Jeff, you, I don't think you've had it, but you had one of the sister, the, the coffee and French toast barley wine, right? I did have that. So there was a beer. Yeah, you had I that. So that. I did one. I had that. Yeah. You had it. You had it. Yeah. You it had was it. awesome. So, yeah. So there is, we have, there is a porter on that's, it's a simple porter, nothing crazy. It's just roasty. So when we were doing, we're can't come up with a treatment idea, I go, what would go well with a roasty porter? Well, what the fuck's already roasty? Coffee. So I, I did a coffee and s'mores. I did another one, a coffee and strawberry cheesecake to where the coffee already is roasty and it complements the beer that's already made to where it comes through a lot better. The beer is better overall compared to working backwards of, all right, well, let's make a call. Co- I have all this coffee and shit, so let's make a beer. And that you can't work from your treatments back. You have to work from your base style forward. That well, it'd sense. be it'd be like saying so you it's it's like saying you have this roasty porter that's already just roasty or whatever it'd right. be like saying i have this roasty porter but i really want to do like a vanilla cream treatment so instead of using my beer that i already made and i'm proud of let's brew a not roasty bland version of our porter and then add the vanilla to it so that it yeah. gets more of the vanilla it's like so you're sacrificing your base beer, you're sacrificing hitting style, you're sacrificing a fucking good beer. You're brewing a purposefully bland bad beer so that you can so that it can take flavor. Well, you don't you maybe wouldn't notice it as much in a porter just because of the style, but like you notice it in the sours. Yeah, well there's not there's not a lot to hide behind in the sours. It's just yeah, it, and that's yeah. okay, is it salty? Yeah. Why is everybody – and that's the other thing is why is everybody so fucking gung-ho on this sour thing right now? It's like every brewery on earth, every brewery is putting out these flavored sours, these fruit sours. And to be honest with you, like you know, everybody knows I have my history of Berliners. I've fallen in love. I have fallen in love with a, a select few of them. But like there's still just so many people doing them badly and putting them out with it has this fruit in it and it has this treatment and it has this that and this and the other and and they sell so people keep putting them out and because we don't speak with our wallets and because we buy tagline beers breweries think it's success when it's not right they go oh my god dude we sold like fucking a million cases of this beer it must be good 
Well, nobody knows that out of the million cases you sold, 500,000 of them, you know, people still have them sitting in their fridge because they hated them so much that they didn't finish the six pack. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's, I mean, that's what I was saying earlier about like relying so heavily on one style. You, you may think it's selling well, but it could be 10% of your, your customers are just the only ones drinking it. So it's not really selling in terms to the masses. You're just selling to a very select group of people. So is that beer successful on a small scale? Yeah, absolutely. Cause it's, you're, you're going through about on a bigger scale, which is what you should be working towards is, is hit the masses. It doesn't work out. Yeah. Well, I mean, the thing with, with, you know, there's breweries who only do Belgians, like traditional Belgians. Like you can only be as good as the market who drinks Belgians because that is your only line of income is Belgian drinkers or German drinkers or IPA drinkers or, I have a brewery that all we do are make sour. So if the sour fat or sour market crashes, we're done because we rely so many on so much on one style. So I don't know, man. I, I mean, it goes solution would be just brew good beer, right? Quality is everything quality over everything. You make a good style it makes your treatments better because the style is perfect. Rap can treat their goza however they want. And that beer will be perfect because the base, the primary of that treatment is a great example of that style. Or it can be a, a New England IPA, a New England IPA that showcases a citra hop. Citra, people love citra. Citra is prevalent. They love it. You you can add mango and guava to that. If the beer is already good, the chances of you ruining that treatment is a lot more difficult because the beer is good as it is. People don't get it, dude. It's easy. Like, for example, you had a lemon-lime Gatorade sour from Ellipsis. Like that base yep. Berliner is good as it is, mm-hmm. which I had that base. I had that the, base Berliner, the best you've ever had, but it's a good base style to where the treatment came out well, because the base that it went in is great. Well, and I also just had another treatment of that Berliner this weekend, right? You did. The main weekend was uh pineapple, primarily pineapple, pineapple cinnamon, but pineapple there was cinnamon. cinnamon. But there was pineapple, peach, and a little bit of coconut. But the pineapples and, and the cinnamon were pretty prevalent. But yeah, yeah. I mean, same style. Same and I also had too. and I had the base Berliner as well. And the base Berliner was a good beer. If you can't drink the base beer on its own and think it's decent, you shouldn't be adding anything to it. Like you shouldn't. Exactly. You should just. You should scrap the recipe and brew a better beer. Yep. And that's Redo the recipe. That's. I mean, come on. Like that's just basic. That's like. That's like a chef in a kitchen in a fucking nice restaurant is like, I'm going to put out the blandest fucking meal possible, but then I'm going to add a bunch of pepper to it at the end and it'll be good. And it's like, no, it's not. You're just masking a shitty flavor. Yeah. Like adding vanilla. You don't have, (laughs) by the way, I mean, most restaurants, by the way, it's basically like, Hey, just put butter and cream and it'll taste delicious, which is, I mean, it does obviously, (laughs) but but like you can't take a shitty meal and throw butter on it and say, oh, it's going to taste good. You still have to make a good meal. And like then when you add the extra butter and cream and cheese and seasoning and all that stuff to it, all of a sudden it becomes this amazing, this amazing plate that you that you're talking about for weeks and you're telling your friends about. And now you have to go to this restaurant because they just made this amazing fucking meal that you had. Like a black beer. Marble. Beer is the same way. Beer is the same way. Make a good meal, and then, then when you add your flavors to it, 
it's going to come out even better. If you make a fucking shit meal and then try to add flavors to it and add the spices and the seasonings, you're still going to have a shit meal. It's, it's just, taste it's just going to taste different. And yeah. that, that's my gripe. That is my big gripe because it just, it's just been, it's because it's because of the just vast majority of too many breweries that shouldn't be open. And that's what yeah. it really is, is that there's so, just too many breweries yeah. that can't, they shouldn't be open and they're still open. Yep. So the solution of that, I think would be, you know, obviously on the brewer side, uh, do I mean, show some pride in your work, have some passion and not, and stop being lazy. It's just pure laziness to not want to continuously make great beer. You know, if you know, if you know beer, you know, there's beers that are great examples of a style. Pilsner or Kell is the, the best example of a Czech pills, you know, all, you know, all these beers that are, that are available that are like Bell's Too Hearted is a great example of a of an IPA. Yeah. Highlight all these different beers that are unanimously agreed upon as great examples of that style. Shoot, don't obviously don't copy the recipe, but shoot for something of that caliber. Don't settle on oh well, you know, this IPA is watery, but I know it'll sell because people or you know love my brewery because. I make another beer that's really good, so I'm just gonna say fuck it and just tap it and just move on. Like, no, that's that's the point we're trying to make. Like, don't do that. Just dump it, man. Make it a dumper. What makes good beer is dumping bad beer. Have some pride. Have some passion. You 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 invested all this time and the money into something that you believe that you love and that you want to spend the rest of your life doing. Fucking show that. And when you show it, we we as consumers can pick that up. No doubt. I've I've yet to find a brewer who doesn't like who doesn't like beer. There has yeah. not been a brewer I've come across that's like, sorry, don't drink this stuff. <laughs> like, <drink> wine. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, it's an integrity thing to me. If you yeah. can't taste your own beer and be honest with yourself and say, not what I was going for, doesn't taste right. We got to do something different. And like Mike said, which we came across multiple times in our most recent interviews with breweries, good beer comes from dumping bad beer. Yes. New, new quote. Dump it, dump it, dump it. It's a dumper. Dump it because you're better off for it. Money is going to come in droves. If you treat your customers the way you would want to be treated sitting at that bar and that means when you walk into a brewery, what do you expect to be in your cup? And you as a brewer have a responsibility to put the most quality beer that you would want to drink in their cup. Yep. So if you're putting out shitty beer because my stout sells really well and it got high marks on untapped and everybody loves it. So I'm just going to put an IPA on for the IPA drinkers and it's not my best and it's not something I drink. I'm not really proud of it. Guess what? Dump it. Try again. Yep. Agree. Talk, talk to an IPA buddy who likes IPAs, who also brews. Talk to another brewery. By the way, they're all super friendly and they love to help each other out. In yep. case you didn't know how the market works. Um, <laughs> <Burn. talk, laughs> talk to your friends. If you're a brewer in any town, I guarantee that the other breweries and brewers in that town have already tried reaching out to you. Because yeah. it's just the way the community is. Talk to each other. Go to a homebrew. Uh, 
club oh, in your yeah. in your town and talk to them about what you're for. If you can't make a style because it's not your style, you have resources available to find out how to make that style better than whatever bullshit you're putting out just to sell and make some money. Yep. So you have a responsibility. You're a brewer. Put good beer in the glass. And if you do, I promise you the $1,000, the $500, the whatever dollars that you dump down the drain by dumping that bad beer will come back to you a thousand times over if you just put good beer in the glass. Yep. There's nothing wrong asking for help. Hey, guys, I I can brew a good stout, but I'm struggling with an IPA. Can you help me? There's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong. Because you're showing that initiative, that integrity, that passion, that drive to be better. It's not admitting you know how to do it and just not saying anything and releasing a subpar product. That's the problem. I'll tell you right now. If I saw a brewery that I respected that I loved one of their beers and they posted on Facebook, which is not the right way to do it. But if they posted on Facebook and said, hey, man, we wanted to release our IPA this week but it was not good and we dumped it instead. I'm very sorry for you guys that were expecting my IPA release, but we didn't want to put out a bad beer. They would actually have scored so many more points than just giving me that beer. They could yeah. have given me that beer for free and I would have been like, fuck them. Yep. It tastes like shit. Why'd they release this? Why? If, if a brewery owned up to, we did not, it didn't come up to snuff. It wasn't what we wanted. I'm sorry, we're not selling it to you. I apologize profusely for the fact that you were expecting this release. However, it wasn't good beer, so we're not releasing it. Instantly, overnight, I think almost universally, anybody who loves craft beer would say, would say, respect that. That yeah. brewery scored points with me, and I now want to go there next time they release a beer because I know that it's actually quality beer. Yep. Agreed. 100%. Without a doubt. So, I think it's a good time to wrap it up. Wrap it. We've been going. We're, we're going to wrap it. Uh, thanks again for for listening to another episode of At The Bar Podcast. Uh, as always, head on over to AtTheBarPodcast.com. We're everything at the bar. All the, the new episodes are linked to the store. So, please go buy a shirt. I'm working on a couple more designs. Uh, hopefully, will be coming out in the next couple weeks. Uh, we got some fucking killer shit coming that we are very excited to announce but just not yet. Not yet. <laughs> not so yet. So you got to keep coming back to find yeah, out what it is. We're, we're going to, yeah, we're teasing you. There, there are some incredible opportunities coming in the very near future. That is, uh, I'm very excited to, to make it public. I know Jeff is probably the same. Uh, it's, it's super cool. And we're excited for that, that new Avenue to, to take on. Um, so head on over at the bar pockets.com. Uh, check out, I keep that site updated all the time. So there's new pictures of us. There's new – if Jeff says there's he has a new favorite brewery, I'm going to go onto that website and add it to our host bio. So that site is really updated. Um, so at thebarpodcast.com, buy a shirt, support the show. That's the only way you can support the show is buying a shirt. Uh, email us at thebarpodcast at gmail.com or fill out a contact us form. I read those all the time. Uh, and that's it for my plugs. Jeff, go ahead. I just want to clarify before I go into my plugs that he didn't say nude pictures of us. He said new pictures of us. Oh, did I say nude? New. N-E-W. Yeah, and new, not nudes. There's no, no, no nudes no, no of nudes. us. No not nudes. yet, at least. Maybe yeah. we'll get into the casting couch thing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> 
We're classier than that, Jeff. We'll do a calendar. Ooh, tune in. <laughs> All right. Off topic already. All right. Yes, guys, listen. New. Tune tune in in the future. We've got some very big things coming down the pipes. Uh, we've had a great year so far this year, and things have just been really going the right way for the show, and uh, mostly because you guys support us and people actually hear uh, uh, hear about us somehow. I don't know how. Sometimes we're still surprised that you guys listen. But, <laughs> but, I agree with that. Yeah, yeah, but please, good. please continue to listen in the future. We've got some big things coming. We will have some announcements to follow. Uh, tune into our Facebook and our website and our Instagram and all kinds of other social media to keep uh, up to what we're doing. And really, that's about all I've got to plug, man. We're just trying to move this show continually forward. If you're not moving forward, you're moving backward. And that's our mentality. And we're just trying to keep going in the future with you guys. And we appreciate all the support. So just keep following us and tune in and check out our Facebook, like us, keep up with the with the current news, and you'll definitely see some big things coming through in the future for us. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, with that said, uh, yeah, check out everything. We got cool things going, like we just said, about eight times. Uh, head on down, if you're down to South Florida, head on down to Black Marlin in downtown Stewart. I heard they just opened the main road, so <laughs> they did. Yes, thank God. Good uh, Lord, two support, months. Support local. I, I guess that's another way to support the show is head on down to Black Marlin and support Jeff and, and the kick-ass job he's doing down there in, in downtown Stewart. And you'll uh, definitely have a good meal. You'll definitely have a good meal done the proper way. Mm-hmm. Guarantee it. <laughs> and 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 also go down to Barrel of Monks, and I don't I, I don't think we actually plug them more than just actually naturally plugging them in the show. But yeah. last time our experience at Barrel Monks was so amazing, and they just—they're just super cool people, and yes. really went out of our out of their way to make our experience awesome for us. And uh, I just wanted to really say, please go check them out. They're a fantastic brewery down there, um, doing like Mike said, a little uh, a little bit off of the norm Belgian style beers with traditional Belgian ingredients. Um, you can get some very traditional Belgian styles, but you can also get some little off off the uh, you know off the middle uh, Belgian styles with some really cool treatments and different things that they're doing. They just partnered with Warren Sapp for a Belgian double, um, just really cool stuff. So yep. just check them out. Go down there, support them. They are a fucking killer brewery. Yep, and they're down in Boca Raton. And this episode is actually going to air after two of our brewery uh, spotlights. So the episode before this one. Uh, we went down to West Palm and talked to Joel from West Palm Brewing and Wine Vault. So I want to give them some love. Uh, Joel and Troy and all that gang down West Palm. And the episode before that, we went to Walking Tree and talked to Alan, who's a co-owner. And they both of them told some crazy fucking stories. So those <laughs> the manatee. Were... The fucking manatee. And the ah! rich story. Uh, oh, so Lord. Make sure to show, them, show those episodes some love. Uh, those, are, those were great interviews. I had a blast editing them, and those are great people with great businesses and and goals. So uh, that's all I have to say. Until next time, we will see you guys at the bar. See ya.